Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts, Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And today we have no guest. Today it's just me and Jen shooting the shit. But the exciting thing is we are shooting the shit in person because Jen is in New York. We are in different rooms in the same house. And it was really hilarious finding all the cords <laughs> and <laughs> trying to figure out how we were going to set it up when we are both as technically challenged as we are. <laughs> it's really true. So, so Romolini, I have a story for you. I can't wait. Tell me the story. So on Friday, um, my boyfriend and I and his son, who was visiting with us, went up to the Bronx to see the Yayoi Kusama show at the, at the New York Botanical Garden, which was a really great. Everybody who's around should go see it because it's, it's just a delight. Okay. And that's up in the Bronx. And after we had, after we had seen the show, we were kind of hungry. So I said, I think we're near Arthur Avenue which is, you know, where all the Italian delis and restaurants are. Right. Turned out we were very close. So we went there. We go into the deli that my research has told me is the good one to go to for sandwiches. We order our sandwiches. I go to get a soda out of the soda refrigerator. And I hear a voice go, Kim France? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it, is, it is my most recent ex-boyfriend. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A hundred percent my ex-boyfriend. I cannot, I am glad you saved this story because I am genuinely in shock, but I can't believe you didn't text me immediately to tell me that this happened. Oh my God. So what happened next? So I'm like, suddenly I'm like in the twilight loan. Nick, you know when something happens and you immediately get that kind of fuzzy brain, like, yeah. I don't know if I can form sentences now. Well, also like, so am I in a dream? Is this a weird dream I'm having or yes, is this reality? 
Exactly. Well, it was reality. And I was standing with, with my boyfriend's son, so I introduced them. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend came up because he saw me talking to someone and immediately f- kind of figured out what was going on. Right. And I introduced them, and, and the boyfriend was super sweet and to him, to the ex. And um, it was awkward, and I was like, we're not eating here, guys. We're, get, we're eating in the car. I got them out here. <laughs> It was so weird. Like of all the Italian delis and all the burrows. Right, and like all the why? and all the gin joints. All yes. Gins. Wow. Well that was meant to be. Good. I mean, you I'm sure you looked happy because you are happy. And that's the best revenge. <laughs> you know what? It was really it was very quiet. It really is true. Revenge is best served on a plate cold a cold plate, yep. whatever that saying is but it's just best served cold that's it it's just best served thank you (laughs) revenge is best served cold that's Uh, right um there might be a plate involved i don't remember my memory (laughs) my memory is still is still the worst by the way my child is in the other room and um gasps every time i say a swear word so i was about to say (laughs) shit and i was going to say my my memory is still s because that's where we're at at this point I'm glad I'm upstairs. I can swear with impunity. You're lucky. Um, Well, so tell us about your trip. Okay. Your your East Coast trip. So I am, I am on the East Coast again, like my homeland. I, I was in a Wawa in South Jersey. I'm here to visit. Just let me give you context. I'm here to visit both my parents and family um, who live in South Jersey. Now I'm from Philly, but now they, my parents retired to South Jersey. And then um, like a New York break in the middle. And then I'm going up to Massachusetts where my mother-in-law lives. And I'm taking, basically taking my child like on the tour of family who haven't seen them since the pandemic started. So I'll land in um, Gloucester, Mass at some point. But we're we're in New York. And um, I was in the Wawa yesterday in um i was in the wawa yesterday which is like wawa is if people who aren't from here is like basically like a 7-eleven but like so but much better <laughs> the platonic ideal of a 7-eleven exactly exactly so i was in the wawa and you know everybody watched mayor of east town whatever and this woman this woman and her partner husband i don't know this woman and this man they were buying like the most jumbo size like coffee drinks like basically like coffee ice cream in like mm-hmm. i don't know 32 ounce they had like five of them and then some blue drink and they were buying cigarettes and you know the whole thing it's just like a very indulgent wawa trip and the woman goes and i was like oh my god i'm home the woman goes oh i forgot to get the chicken bites for the baby <laughs> like oh my god mayor of east town also where i'm from <laughs> it was it's just been so many there's just nothing like when you move away to another uh, well i live on another coast there's nothing like just being around your people and i know people from the midwest feel this too there's just a sensibility that is just sort of in your bones like I know how to move through the East Coast. I understand all of the working class people. I understand how to talk to conductors of trains. Like, it's just very different to feel simpatico energetically with people like I do on Mm -hmm. the East Coast that I will never feel on the West Coast. Even though the people are lovely, it's just a 
different thing and it will never feel like home. And I have felt like home. I've been here for five, six days now. And I've just, every place we've gone to, I've been like, oh, got to get the baby or chicken bites. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know. But also, and we talk a lot about the negative side, negative aspects of aging. Um, here's a real positive one that just happened to me on this trip. You know, I'm 48 years old. My parents, as you know, were teenagers when they had me. I had a pretty rough, let's say, first eight years of my life while they were like figuring out how to be people in the world. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of started getting their shit together. And then they, they got better and better and better and better, right? They've, they've really worked on themselves. They've worked through addiction things. They've worked through all kinds of things. But I was still harboring a lot of resentment toward them. And I really was not behaving with them as they are now. I was not, I was not interacting with them as humans now. I was still interacting with the, the people they were before. Because I had like a trauma mm-hmm. brain, you know? And yeah. it was really interesting this trip. I was able to see them as, an adu- as adults and see who they are as people in the here and now. And I was able to behave like an adult and not like a little kid, like being bratty, being like, eh, look at these, look at these things that they do. Look at this, look at that. And we were able to have this like really lovely time together as people in the here and now. And I realized I don't even know how much they've changed, but I've changed a lot. Yeah. And I can see now and I can forgive them because I can, I can just forgive them. And I don't know how that happened. It's like, I've been in therapy forever. And you know, I don't know if it's the menopause, like helping me see my mom in new lights. I don't know if it's motherhood of an 11 year old and having like been a mother for as long as I had and knowing the ways that I've messed up and, and knowing that I have regrets already. I Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was, but it was just a total change. And I was like, it was so relieving. I didn't feel tense. I didn't feel infantilized. I didn't feel, I wasn't looking for something from them that they were unable to provide me with. And what I think I've been looking for with them for years was for them to be parenting me as a young child. Like, I think I've been looking for them to go back and be like parents the way you would want a nurturing parent. And I'm never getting that again. Yeah. And I think I've accepted it. And I can't fucking believe it, Kim. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm almost 50. I can't believe it took me this long. It takes a long fucking time to forgive your parents. I've been thinking about this because it's a theme of the Ashley Ford book, Somebody's Daughter, that we're doing in book club. You know, there's a lot in that book about living with and loving people despite their faults. Yes, Yes. And so it's, it's, and, and guys read this book because it's really good. Yeah. Read the it's book. It's really, really Just good. Just read the book. It's really good. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it takes a lot to, to forgive parents because it's so easy when you see them to just click right back into your role. Yes. Your traditional role in the family. Yes. Yes. And I wonder if in some ways the pandemic as terrible as it was, it also created some spaciousness and it let us sort of move our puzzle pieces, I think a little bit Mm -hmm. because we had to change patterns because we didn't see, I mean, I don't know, I guess some people were seeing people all the time, but I really didn't, I didn't see my family for, you know, almost two years. 
Yeah. So I think that when we came back together, first off, I felt so much gratitude and I, and I also have been feeling like when you have really young parents, you never think about their mortality because they're just, you know, I mean, when I, my parents are basically, in some ways, my peers. They're 16 and 17 years older than me. Like, that's a weird, yeah, a weird thing. Closer, as about as close in age to me as they are to you. Ex- I mean, as you are to me. Exactly, about. And I just was, like, looking at them, and they're healthy and they're strong. They're in their late 60s now. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God that they're healthy and strong. Thank God I can go on a bike ride with my dad. Like, this feels amazing. And how much longer will I have this? I have to appreciate this now that I have it. It's, but you know what? That's the thing is you cannot get down on yourself for not being able to appreciate every moment of it. You know, my mom's 84. I told her the other day, she was talking about a friend whose mind is going, Mm -hmm. who's really can't remember anything. And um, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do when that happens to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how I will handle it. All I've had is one parent for a pretty long time, for longer in my life than I had two. And she sort of plays, you know, she's always played both roles. Right. And, 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 and I, I, have, I do sort of think she's immortal. I mean, she's 84 years old. She's clearly not. I know, um, I know. But it, and I can still get pissed off at her. Like, I'll be feeling all this affection for her, and I love my mother, and she's such a good person. But then she can still just piss me off immediately. Right, right. well, of course. We'll see the thing. is, so, then, so I was there with my parents, and then there was one night of overlap with my sister. And my sister mm-hmm. is, um, my sister is just like a miracle of a person. She's just like a calm, rational, like she has her doctorate. She's an environmental scientist. She has two children. Her approach to parenting is like a very easy. Anyway, my sister is everybody's favorite is just the truth. Okay. <laughs> and her husband, like they're just not problematic people, you know? <laughs> like, so my sister was arriving the last night I was there and my mom was just like cleaning the house for my sister and like making everything like kind of like royalty was showing up. Right. <laughs> and I could feel myself starting to get like some old bullshit, like jealousy, like mad, just the whole thing, like bratty, like, Oh, you're going to do that for her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what guys, I'm going to go for a bike ride. And I had to, I just had to get out of the headspace. So I just went for like a long bike ride and I was totally fine afterwards because I, I was aware of what was happening instead of like acting on those impulses and like even being like, oh, you didn't do that for me. Like I just was like, yeah, that's so immature. I don't have to be like that anymore. And then we had like a lovely, lovely, lovely night with my sister and her husband. And, you know, you can even get into with your siblings competition. Like my sister's husband is like, He's just like a really nice, chill, super capable man who's just like talks to my dad about sports. And like Alex and I are not like that. We're neurotic. Right. We don't know anything about sports. It's just always <laughs> been, a, you know, it's always been that thing. So you can get into that competition. But I was super aware of it in a way I've never been before. And we had a better family visit. I mean, I would almost say than ever. Maybe I can't remember ever having such a good time with my family. So amazing. I know. 
acceptance is a is a powerful thing I think acceptance is one of the most powerful things like once I realize like my mother is not changing right the things about her that annoy me are not changing and the ways that she failed me when I was younger are never going away like you were saying earlier yeah and acceptance is just like yeah I can keep gnawing away at my anger or I can just choose to look at it a different way it's just it's so hard but then once you do it it's so intuitive and right well the thing is what I realized at some point was it was no longer their job to fix my childhood it happened and it was no longer their. it was now my job to take that on and resolve it and heal from it because there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, there's been apologies and that's it. What can you do? You can't go back and do it over. Like it's over. You can't do it over. It had the effect it had. It changed you in ways that, you know, wouldn't have happened if they weren't that way. And it has to be okay. Like I was a lot more, I got a lot more empathetic toward my father when I reached the age he was when he died. Mm. That's interesting. You know, because I was just like, oh, now I get it. Now I, I, I could sort of see him in the spectrum of people I know. Like, okay, that's the kind of 49-year-old he was. Right. Like, I, I now, I could look at it like, okay, I, I, I understand now. Like, he was just that guy. That is actually, that is the thing about aging. I can now look at, like, my mom when my mom was 30. So my mom's 30 and I'm, or 29, 30 and I'm 13. And now I understand that she was just being a 30 year old. Like at the yep, time exactly. I was like, why do you have to dress so sexy? Why do you have to like, why do you have to like want men to look at you? You know, like the whole thing. I'm like, oh, you were 30 with three kids. Like, of course yeah. you wanted to still be sexy. And still, of course you wanted to still feel like the world saw you. Of course. Like, you know, but it just, it just took a really long time. It, it, the parenting thing helps for me because I'm an imperfect parent, but the, but equally what I was going to say is with, with the good things and the bad things, I am starting to look at a lot of the good things. Like I'm incredibly adaptable and it's because of having parents who, because of having a chaotic childhood and just being like, let's Mm -hmm. all pile in the car. We're going to take off. You're going to take off school for a month. We're going on a road trip. And it was like, oh, okay. You know, (laughs) like fine. Yeah. And I'm watching my kid because this trip is very much like planes, trains, and automobiles, which I don't even want to get into the Delta variant. We are double masked and whatever, but I'm teaching my kid that adaptability and that flexibility. Like I was telling you this morning, we overslept, we were in North Jersey and we had to come into the city and we missed our train and we had to catch another train. And, and Charlotte, my child was freaking out. And I was like, you just got to flow. You just got to flow with this. Sometimes your plans change and you have to flow. And once we got on the train and then we were getting on the subway, Charlotte said, Oh, I guess this isn't so bad. And I was like, no, you just have to be flexible. It's okay. So I'm trying to instill that. That's good. Yeah, anticipatory anxiety is a big one with me. If there's something to be anxious about, if there's the possibility that like there's going to be a wrench thrown in my plans, that is all I can think about. Same, same. I have, I have that. I can have that same thing, or at least I'm observing it. I'm observing it in Charlotte. Um, having that same, that same kind of feeling about like, oh my God, well, what if we don't catch this? Well, what if this happens? What if we, 
well, everything's going to be okay. We're safe. It's the safety thing, you know? It's funny. I think I learned that actually. Watch it. My mother is one of those people who will we'll be at the airport together and she'll be like, I just need to walk like three minutes before they start boarding the plane. (laughs) I I just, I need a little walk. I'm going to go get a soda or whatever. And then she disappears. This has happened. This happened so many times in my younger life. And I would be like stressing, like she's not going to make it back. The bus is going to leave. The plane is going to leave. We're going to miss our reservation, like a thousand different things. And she always comes wandering back right in time and she's fine. And it just like you can make yourself crazier. You can just be like, oh, yeah, that's that's her gig. Oh, I mean, we've talked about boarding the plane. We've talked about boarding the plane. (laughs) It is okay. I did not think that I still had TSA pre because I thought that it had expired. And Mm -hmm. so travel right now is just I'm, I'm taking this in a different direction. But travel right now is madness. It is for the fact that the pandemic is still around the fact that excuse me, airports are so crowded. Mm -hmm. It's so nuts. And I couldn't believe that I still had TSA pre and I'm so grateful, but I did. I told you that I will pay any amount to board the plane first. And I totally was like, we don't even need this, like, you know, whatever JetBlue offers, like, you know, you get to blow through security. We didn't even need Mm -hmm. it. I just paid to get, I I paid to board the earliest (laughs) because I was like, I needed to. We both have that anxiety. Yeah. We both have like, I must be one of the first people on the plane anxiety. There will be no room for my carry on. Then they'll check it and then it will be lost and my trip will be ruined. Like that's yes, just like that. Just like that. You know, when the reality is I traveled, you know, I traveled to Montreal a year and a half ago, two years ago by now. And Um, I had a carry-on, and it was an away suitcase that still had the battery charger in it, Mm -hmm. and they won't let you get on a plane with that battery charger because they catch fire. Right, it was discussed. You could have removed it, but you didn't know how. I didn't know how. Did we discuss this on the air? Did I already tell the story? You told it to me, but I don't know if we discussed it in the air. Maybe. But no, you didn't tell the story about the Montreal. This is different. This is different. We've talked about the away suitcase, but we haven't talked about this. Well, I sat, I stood there as this guy was helpfully removing the battery for me and just was so stressed and so angry as I watched everybody board the plane. And it was clear, my bag will now have to be checked and I will have to board the plane without it. And I did, and it was fine. Like, everything was fine, but it was so much stress. Yeah, it's really... And then sometimes the idea... Like, I spent two days packing for this trip. Because the idea of the whole thing, and then, you know, I was even saying to you, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. It's that transition anxiety, too, of, like, once I was here, I was great. I mean, I drove, I, I drove through a literal, like, flash flood and tornado on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten in the rental car, and I didn't know how to work everything. So we had the windows open, and the rain was coming in sideways. Oh, no. <laughs> But it was still because I was in it. I was just like, "Oh well, now we're doing this." You know, <laughs> like yeah. it's the idea of the thing that gets me. The idea of the thing that gets me. But I did. I did do a couple of very good packing tricks. I packed a smaller duffel inside of my carry-on so that when oh. we went on different parts, different first off, so I wouldn't have to pack as um, as tightly as I did on mm-hmm. the way here. So I knew that at the end, I could just throw everything in this duffel and then we would just check everything, who cares? 
because who cares about going back? Um, but it took me two days to pack. And the whole time I was like trying to anticipate every single problem. Like, oh, I should bring Neosporin. I should bring tick spray. I should bring, we need a hoodie and a jacket. Like, just like everything that could possibly, like basically like, oh, what if we need rain boots? Like, Yes. And you have to, at a certain point, just like, just let go. It's going to be okay. You can't make it perfect. No, you really, you really can't. And anything that is purchasable in Los Angeles is purchasable in um, New York, except for marijuana legally still. True, though I have friends if I needed that, but. Yeah, but, but yeah, you can't, I, I. Yeah, I stress out over packing. I'm going away for 10 days soon. Oh my God, yeah, okay. And I am, um, I'm already packing in my head. Okay. (laughs) I'm already packing in my head. I'm already anticipating, like, having brought all the wrong things. Um, And I had an impossible time finding a good travel steamer, which I feel I must travel with. Okay, back up. (laughs) (laughs) That's really boring. Talk about a boring setup. Oh, oh, but it's not boring to me because I can get in here with you because I understand the whole thing. Okay, so wait, why do you need... Okay, so, so two things. One, the problem with the packing is when you open your bag and nothing seems right, there's so much shame because you know you can visualize in your head this closet at home that has everything you need. <laughs> and you're just in wherever you are, whatever hotel room you're in, and you're like, why? And you just feel a sense of just stupidity. <laughs> like, I could have just grabbed it. I could have just taken it off the hanger and threw it in the bag. And so you're, you're trying to save yourself from that feeling of shame, which is ridiculous. But I feel it too. I feel it the same way I feel when I get a parking ticket. Like, why didn't I just put one more quarter in? You know? <laughs> I know. I know. But then, okay, let's talk about the steamer. Because I don't understand... What clothes do you have that get wrinkled? Like, what's your fancy outfit that you need to have wrinkled? <laughs> well, I live in cotton button-down shirts. Okay. Those get really wrinkled. Okay. When I'm not wearing, in the summer, when I'm not wearing a cotton button-down shirt, I'm wearing probably a shirt dress that's cotton. Okay. That will also be wrinkled. Okay. Um, I do have several items, and I've decided... I've decided I'm tired of wearing dresses. I've decided I just want to wear pants. So I feel like that, that also is, is call for a steamer. I had that feeling too. I don't think, I think I brought one dress on this, um, on this trip besides like a beach cover up or whatever. And I don't really like, I don't really like my legs touching each other anymore and I don't like the feeling like it just walking with my legs touching each other and I don't like the feeling of being exposed I like pants more now than I ever did I mean of course you could wear Kim France pants underneath them but that's not what it is I just don't even want the I don't know if it's the femininity of the silhouette I don't know what it is I just don't want it anymore so I'm just all jumpsuits and overalls this trip and shorts. Jen, I just want to tell you guys, Jen is wearing the best jumpsuit today, which I think she has described on the show before. I am wearing, I mean, you also said it was crazy, but yes, I am wearing the- It is, it's totally crazy, but it's awesome. (laughs) I am wearing the jumpsuit 
I'm wearing the hand-painted jumpsuit that I waited like eight weeks for it to arrive um, that we talked about in the Andrea Lynette episode because it's such an easy jumpsuit, even though I am, I've only brought white clothes for like I'm traveling. I have a pair of white overalls, a pair of white pants, and this white-ass jumpsuit I'm wearing right now. Like that was not my smartest move. No, no, no. Au contraire. I think that was a smart move. I believe very strongly in color palettes when you pack. Okay. Because everything can go with everything else. Well, I brought mostly white things. However, though, it's not the greatest. I should have bought all black, but I don't want to wear black right now. Like, I had a black t-shirt dress on yesterday, so I did bring black and white mostly clothes. I had a black t-shirt dress on yesterday, and I was like, I kind of hate wearing black right now. I feel like it's just drawing me, like, I feel like it's just making me look old. <laughs> well, that's what they say. I mean, they, I mean, I'm wearing a black button down today. And they say that like black starts to look harsh next to your skin and you should switch to grays and navies and... I look horrible in gray. Gray is my, gray is my least too. good color. I don't even understand it as, a, as an option. It's just, it, it, I, you might as well give me a mustard. It might as well be a mustard yellow for me. It's just like, like my skin looks jaundiced in, a, in gray. Yeah, I don't look good in gray either, which is a shame because I really like gray. But there, someone who I worked with at Sassy, Mary Clark, once gave me a very good tip, which was you can wear colors that don't look good on you as long as it's not the color next to your face. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's interesting. So you could wear you could wear like a mustard colored like jacket. But mm -hmm. not with the, with the shirt underneath would be a, if if it's the color that flatters you that's close. That's interesting. I like that as a tip. It's a good tip. Interestingly, mustard yellow does not look bad on me. That makes Go sense. Figure. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Our coloring's totally different. It's that 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 totally makes sense to me. And now let's take a quick break for some ads. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. 
But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. Sera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. So the other thing that I've been doing on this trip, I brought a ton of really smart books to read. Like really, just shouldn't have bought all these, brought all these paper books. I was like, I'm gonna read so many memoirs. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna mm -hmm. do that. Do you know what I'm actually reading? What? On my Kindle, which would have been so much easier to just bring my Kindle, I am reading Michael Cohen's <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cohen's like Trump book. I don't even know what it's called. I, at some point, like late at night was like months ago, thought that might be interesting when we were like in the middle of Trump. And then I started mm -hmm. reading it at some point during this trip because I was in like a dark room and I couldn't turn the light on. So the Kindle was the only way to read and I couldn't fall asleep. And I'm really enjoying it, even though I don't really want to relive any of the Trump life it's actually mm -hmm. kind of an interesting and like filthy book and he's like such a filthy narrator and it's like not even like anything I guess it's sort of mindless and it's written in mm -hmm. sort of mindless tabloidy way and I think mm -hmm. that I just needed like a mindless tabloidy kind of book yep I think that you know you've got enough going on right now you're negotiating traveling with your daughter why do you also have to be reading something really ambitious no. you know what what I read when I'm in the mood to read something like that on my phone is the autobiography of one of Princess Margaret's ladies in waiting oh right yes that sounds actually nice well I'm a little obsessed with Princess Margaret that makes sense. A, tell tell me about bit. that. Tell me about that. <laughs> well, you know, she just, you know, she she was kind of wild. She had a lot of friends who weren't royals, but she was a horrible snob. I mean, she was a horrible person. I'm not obsessed with her, like, as a role model. She was very snobby and probably anti-Semitic and everything else. And racist, but, um, obviously. And racist, absolutely, for sure. And a little inbred, yeah. as they all are. <laughs> and a little inbred. 
But she, you know, she was madly in love with this man, and then her sister wouldn't let her marry him. And I, you know, the rest of her life was just kind of, you know, a lot of, a lot of drinking, a lot of theater, a lot of, like, you know, charming people, and then completely, you know, making them think you're awful. And I don't know. I can't really describe my my obsession with. Princess Is she Marvel. dead? Is she dead? She is dead. She died, I think, in, two, in 1992, 2002. For some reason, I feel like it's a year with the two in it. Oh, wow. I mean, that's a long, that feels like a long time ago for how long her sister has lived. Well, she, I think she trashed her body. I mean, she was a big drinker. I don't know what she died of. But um, I, I, I think she probably took less good care of herself than, than her sister. I, um, um, yeah, go. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm a little obsessed. I, I will always read something about Princess Margaret. I think that's good. I was talking to a friend because um, one of our kids, one of our kids was at camp, and some one of the kids, and all these kids are 11, and one of the kids had downloaded to, I guess they had a Kindle with them, a romance novel, okay? Mm-hmm. And all the kids were, like, grouped around in camp, and they all got busted reading this romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> And I was talking to the mom about it. And like, of course, some moms were like scandalized by this. Like, oh my God, my kid doesn't even know about sex. Oh, you know, whatever. And I, and I was like, uh, you know, I said to my kid, it's okay. That stuff is really interesting. I remember reading books like that. So we wound up, this mom and I wound up having this talk about all the books of our moms that we read when we were like way too young to read them, including mm-hmm. all of the V.C. Andrews books. Which the V.C. Andrews books are the most insane books. And I cannot believe that I read Flowers in the Attic at maybe 12, maybe earlier with all of the incest, all of the the creepiest books. And then my sweet Audrina, I can see the covers. They had like the creepy picture of the kid and then on, on the front page of the book. But then the cover was like had the window. Do you remember these books? Like it had a cutout of just their face and it looked like a house. And it was like, Vaguely, yes. okay, so those, and also my mom had Jackie Collins books just lying around the house, which I also read and was Hilarious. just like, this is the best thing I've ever read in my life. Like, oh, <laughs> adults, you know, <laughs> like funny, but you know what? I would like to go back and read those trashy books and see what I think about them. Now, my my mom friend was telling me that she went back and read Flowers in the Attic um, a couple years ago, and she was like, the writing is an abomination. You cannot uh-huh. believe that you ever read this. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, I remember going through my parents' books and reading so many things before I could understand what in the world they meant. Um, I remember looking at being aghast at our bodies ourselves, you know, just because it was so, like... Not graphic, but like more graphic than anything I was experiencing in Houston, Texas, certainly. Yeah, no, I, um, our bodies ourselves, and I would go into bookstores, and I don't know if you did this, but I would go into bookstores, like if we were on vacation or something, and I would like go to the sex ed section or like whatever, the like <laughs> joy of sex, the body. I mean, I was scandalized, surely. I mean, and especially our bodies ourselves was like such hippie. Like, yeah. so, and the way they talked about sex was so hippie-ish, you know? Yes. Um, yes, and yeah. 
and the illustrations oh in um, in that book and also in The Joy of Sex, the original Joy of Sex. So much hair. Amazing. So much hair. So much hair. So much on hair. everybody. On everybody. On every surface of a body. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but it's ni- oh. it's nice to enjoy summer. I've been also just really not working very much like kind of being like oh I could take that extra job like I could use a little extra money but like kind of being like no I want to go real slow for the month of August like I want to just let it wash over me and be in the summer and let it be hot and go swimming and you know work a little bit but if I have this up this is the thing if we have the privilege I think that we think we have to be so productive because that's the way we've been raised in a capitalist society like you know, you're not a good person if you're not productive. And Mm -hmm. there is a thing of like, if you have the privilege to not be super productive for a little while, just take it. Yep. Yep. Because it is a privilege. It's a super privilege. In a couple of weeks, I'll be back in Los Angeles. I'll be back to a grind. I have several projects I have to work on. I'm going to have to work super hard why why would I stress about them now or why would I gin up work right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. No. It makes no sense. So tell me what else you're doing on your trip. So I am, I'm in New York for the next couple of days. I have promised my child that we will get every possible dessert that they want in New York. So I'm basically just going on like a, a, a sugar tour of New York that I will not enjoy at all. But, oh God. Um, but you know, other things, we're going to go to museums. And then I spend another night with some old friends in North Jersey, which I've also been just seeing your friends and hugging your friends it is it feels so good it's the most amazing thing right now and then i will drive up the coast i think we might spend a night somewhere in connecticut and maybe mystic connecticut and then i'm going to be um with my mother-in-law she lives in like a little fishing village that's like the coolest retirement community it's called anasquam and it's it's just like a little fishing village in Massachusetts, like right near Gloucester. And so I'll have, you know, five five nights with her. And so, you know, and that'll be really nice and really chill and and then I'll go home. And that's it. That sounds like such a good trip. I know. I think it, it is a good trip. Is summer your favorite time? Fall is my favorite time and I can't, but you know what? Maybe I'm shifting. Fall used to be my favorite time. And I think that had to do with industriousness. I think I was like, oh my God, the air is crisp. I am getting back to work. Woohoo. You yep. know? <laughs> yep. And I see, yeah, I, go ahead. I think that fall used to be my favorite time because of the clothes. Yes. Yes. Because of the clothes. I would love to say it was industriousness. It's 100%. Lori Trott, who was a fashion editor at lucky very funny woman said spring and summer faction is amateur hour yes 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 i remember real fashion people feeling that way because i remember zoe wolf also felt the same way she was like oh there's just like not there's not anything you can do which i always found that really liberating yeah no i get it i just i like the way i look better in fall and winter clothes but summer is my favorite season now it absolutely is because fall just makes me think winter is coming. Right, which 
Have you gotten to that part in the game of, in Game of Thrones where winter is coming? No, no. We we took a little GOT break to start watching Mayor of Easttown and also White Lotus. Okay, wait. How are you feeling about let's, let's, how are you feeling about White Lotus? I don't fucking know. I mean, either. I think I might I hate it. Know. I think I might hate it. I think I might too. And I it, I I feel like there's all this tension building that I'm missing. It's only six episodes. We've watched half of them, at least. I've watched half of them as well. And I want to like this because I love Mike White. So I am very, and I love Jennifer Coolidge, and I love Connie Britton, and I love Steve Zahn. I am very upset at how I'm feeling about this show because I don't believe, besides Jennifer Coolidge's character, I don't believe any of these people would behave like this. I don't believe that I don't believe that that Connie Britton and Steve Zahn are married. They don't seem married at all to me. No, except for there is a little bit of the like power woman with the husband who's happy to yes, chill out. Yes. Which really I've seen a lot of um Oh my god, I, I lived it. I you lived it. Oh right, you lived it. Jesus Christ, that's right. That's right. But I've seen a lot of that. I don't feel like, I feel like that was really our generation was like, oh, well, you're going to work. Great. I got, I got this good Game Boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. You know, it's like, you got to really watch out for the ones who are really comfortable having you take over the wheel in that respect. I mean, and sometimes it works. Sometimes I've, I've seen friends who have husbands who, they have incredibly high power jobs, like incre- like lots of travel, shit tons of money. And the husband just takes care of the house, takes care of the kids, is really good at it. That's amazing when that's it. It's when it's like, oh yeah, I'm not really going to do anything around the house either. Like I'm not, I'm not yeah, going to do, I'm and, not going to pick up any slack. And it's also not cool when they, when they resent your success. Yes. When, because, you know, for a long time, I thought, you know, after my own marriage where, you know, in which I was in a very high powered job and and my husband was not, he wasn't. Right. No. And, um, and there was an enormous income disparity and, um, he just, he wouldn't let me talk about work at home. Wow. Um, if the if the topic came up when we were out with other people, he would change the subject. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a relationship of peers. It became less and less of one the more he acted that way. But I have met you know since then. So I always thought after my marriage, like okay, that's just the law of the jungle. Right. That's just the law of the jungle. If you're um, you know, if the woman's more successful than the man, it upsets the natural balance and blah 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 blah. But I've met many couples where that's the case and they're perfectly fine. So I no longer think that. Well, good. Good. No, I don't think that either, but I have seen it. I have seen it where the man is just like a slug and it's just like the woman is all, is like carrying everything and if they have kids, it's like however many kids the woman has she has an additional child in the husband. And that's just like, what the fuck? Who wants that? Um, well, I am excited to be here in your house. I am excited for us to be in person. And I'm excited for us to spend this afternoon together. So I, th- I know. So great. All right. Well, listen, thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. 
If you like the show, please rate and review it on all the platforms. It really helps get the word out and helps us build our audience. You can find us on Instagram at EIF Podcast. You can email us, everything is fine, the podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter. We are we're on Twitter and you can find Kim and her. Oh, we have a Patreon. Sorry, I forgot about that. We have a Patreon. I always forget. Um, if you want to help support the production of the show and also get some bonus content, our Patreon is patreon.com backslash everything is fine. And you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.